Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters in the faith. We are truly happy that we are able to gather in person here in this venue. And also we are connected with the other worshipers of the true Allahim, Yahuwah Abba, from different places throughout the world. We are truly blessed indeed because we were able to peacefully enter a new year. But we know we have much work to do because Yahuwah created each and every one of us in Yahusha so that we can be rich in good works. We're studying today the Beatitudes of our King, Yahusha, and we know when we think of the Beatitudes, it is Yahusha's teaching concerning those who are truly blessed. In our studies thus far, you probably noticed the teachings of Yahusha, as he describes those who are truly blessed, is vastly different from the teachings of the world. When the world describes those who are truly blessed, they will list off the following things. They are rich, they have a nice house, they have a swimming pool in the backyard, they have nice cars, nice clothes, they are healthy and strong, therefore they are blessed. Take note, there's nothing wrong with having physical things. However, when it comes to true blessedness, those who are truly blessed by Yahuwah, our King Yahushua, he breaks the mold of tradition. He teaches us, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. And today, blessed are those who are me. Take note of what our King Yahusha says. When you think of the list, the beatitudes of our king, how many here would agree with our king? At first glance, you might say, well, how can someone who's poor in spirit be blessed? How can someone who mourns be blessed? How can someone who's meek be blessed? Which is what we're going to study today. Does anyone here know what the definition of meekness is? Raise your hand if you know the answer. Maybe we can ask one of our young students, Sister Ezra. No? Maybe Sister Erin. Maybe she can give us the answer. What does it mean to be meek? We'll give you a hint. Take a look at that cute sheep over there. Right? When you think of meekness, what comes to your mind? Not a lion. People don't want to be meek like sheep. People want to be like lion. There's a time to be like lions. But our King Yahusha says, blessed are those who are meek. You see, to be meek means to be gentle in spirit. Uh, one who is meek is submissive. He allows other people to get their way when it's appropriate. When people think of meekness, they think they are weak. And so they say to themselves, I don't want to be meek. I want to be something else but meek. But our king says, blessed are those who are meek. I wonder why. Why does our king Yahushua say, blessed are the meek? Let's begin our study in the book of Matthew 5 and the verses 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Why does our king Yahushua say? that blessed are the weak because they will inherit the earth. What does it mean that they will inherit the earth? They will inherit the promised land, the millennial kingdom. They will serve as rulers, kings and priests with Yahusha at the appointed time. Not only that, what also shall they inherit the everlasting or eternal heavens and earth, the new heavens, and the new earth. When you think about that blessing, brothers and sisters, I think we need to do our best to become meek. Do you know why our King Yahusha says that those who are meek 
are the ones who will inherit the earth because when one is meek, that person will develop the characteristics to become co-rulers with our King Yahusha. You see, not everyone can become a co-ruler of our King Yahusha. And so if we want to take that path that leads in the end to becoming co-rulers with our King Yahusha, we need to be meek. Now, what does it mean to be meek? Because some people say meekness is weakness. I don't want to be weak. I want to be strong. I want to be powerful. Now, who's a good example of one who is meek? Let's look at what it says in the book of Numbers, chapter 12 and the verses 3. Now, the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth, who's an example of one who is considered meek and became known because of his character of meekness. It was Moses. How many here remember the story of Moses? Yeah, you remember the Ten Commandments, right? Moses was the appointed leader to lead the people of Israel out of bondage from Egypt. This is why Moses was recognized in the Old Testament to be the leader, to be the prophet because of his accomplishments. Can you imagine leading the people of Israel, about 2 million individuals, to cross the Red Sea, to face Pharaoh and defy him in the name of Yahuwah? Is that weak or strong? He's strong, right? Yet the Bible calls him meek. Meekness does not mean weakness. Meekness means something else. Who also is considered to be meek? Let's read the book of Matthew 11 and the verses 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I want to pause there for a while. Who's the one speaking in this passage? Our king, Yahushua. Our king, Yahushua says, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. So who also is known for being meek, according to the Bible? Our king himself. Our king, Yahushua, is the Lord of lords, the king of kings. One day, he's going to return to earth like a blazing fire, and he's going to devour those who are his adversaries. Is that weakness? No. That is strength. However, the Bible describes him as meek. Meekness does not mean weakness. The greatest leader or figure in the Old Testament, Moses, was known for his meekness. The greatest messenger of all, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Yahushua, was known for his meekness. Meekness does not mean weakness. Well, what then does it mean to be meek? Let's read the book of Proverbs 16, and the verse is 32. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. What is one aspect of meekness that we need to learn and understand and apply in our daily life? Meekness does not mean imposing your will, but being patient for Yahuwah's will to be fulfilled in our life. This is why person who is meek has self-control. 
He has strength, yes. He has power, yes. But it's controlled power and strength. That's what it means to be me. You see, there's a time to show strength. And there's a time to be gentle. There's a time to give in and give way. This is what meekness is all about. And the best example of meekness is none other than our king, Yahusha himself. How did our king Yahusha show his meekness? Let's read the book of First Peter, chapter 2, 21 to 23. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example. And you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. How did our King Yahushua display and show his meekness, according to Apostle Peter, who was an eyewitness of the life of our King Yahushua? And so Yahushua, Apostle Peter saw what our King did, how he behaved, how he, he interacted with people. As an eyewitness of our King Yahushua, what did Apostle Peter confirm about him? His meekness. This is why when he was insulted, did he act out in revenge? No. When he was threatened, did he act out in revenge? Did he retaliate? No. He remained meek. He did not act against those who persecuted and threatened him. That is meekness. Brethren, are we like that? When we're insulted, how do you feel? When a person's insulted, for example, you're insulted, how do you feel? You feel good? Not good, right? Deep inside what they want to do. You want to smack them maybe, right? You're driving on the freeway. Somebody cuts you off. What goes into your mind? You become upset and angry. What do you want to do? You want to chase them away, right? Or maybe you engage in road rage. So many people become like Jekyll and Hyde. They become a different personality when somebody insults them. Bible says we need to be meek. What does it mean to be meek in this context? Even when we are insulted, we leave it in the hands of who? Yahuwah. This is why a true servant of our king, Yahushua, he does not take revenge. He gives that into the hands of who? Yahuwah. Can we do that, brothers and sisters? We should, because Apostle Peter says he did this so that he can be our example to follow. Let us be meek. Let us not act in revenge. Does it mean that our King Yahusha did not show any kind of boldness? Does it mean that our King Yahusha, who is meek, did not show any kind of strength? He did, but at the right time and in the right context. When did our King Yahusha show his strength? And his boldness. Let's read the book of John. Chapter 2, 14 and 16. There in the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and pigeons. And also the money changers sitting at their tables. So he made a whip from cords and drove all the animals out of the temple. Both the sheep and the cattle. He overturned the tables of the money changers and scattered their coins. And he ordered those who sold the pigeons Take them out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. When 
Did our king Yahushua, who is known for being meek, show and display boldness and strength when the temple of his father Yahuwah was being blasphemed? You see, there's a time to be meek, and there's a time to show what? To show what? Strength and to be bold. Why did our king Yahushua display anger? And why did he act on his righteous anger? Because Yahuwah was being blasphemed. And what did he do when he saw the people, the money changers, selling things in the temple? Yahushua became upset. And he made a whip of cords. And he overturned the tables. So we know our king Yahushua was physically strong, right? Because those tables are hefty. I'm sure they're made of real wood, not the plastic that we see here, right? They were real wood. And he was strong enough to overturn them. And he showed his strength and he showed his boldness. Why? Because Yahuwah was being blasphemed. When also did our king Yahusha display strength and boldness? Let's read the book of Matthew chapter 23, 13 and 15. How terrible for you. Teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you lock the door to the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, but you yourselves don't go in, nor do you allow in those who are who nor do you allow in those who are trying to enter. How terrible for you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites, you sail the seas and cross whole countries to win one convert, and when you succeed. You make him twice as deserving of going to hell as you yourselves are. When also did our King Yahusha show boldness and strength and power when he preached against the Pharisees and the teachers of the law? You know, during the days of our King Yahusha here on earth, do you know who ruled the people of Israel, the teachers of the law, and the Pharisees, no one dares to go against them. That would be taboo. You cannot go against the Pharisees because they established the culture, a culture concerning the teachings of Abba. However, what the Pharisees did was to create their own teachings. We call that, what do we call that? Man-made commandments, traditions, and they were imposing traditions to be followed by the people of Israel. And if they did not follow those traditions, they would be called politically incorrect. I mean, if Yahushua was alive today, do you think he'll be labeled as politically correct or politically incorrect? I think he'll be called politically incorrect. He would not be very popular. In fact, he'd be hated. But it doesn't bother our King Yahushua. He doesn't preach to conform to society. He doesn't preach to conform to culture. He preaches the truth of Yahuwah. And if that means going against the, the culture, it will not bother him. He'll be strong and bold. That's why our King Yahushua, he faced the Pharisees with boldness and strength. He even called them what? What did he call them? Hypocrites. Do you know why our King Yahushua spoke so boldly against the Pharisees? Because they're preventing the people from entering the kingdom. Because they're preventing the people from believing in who? Yahusha. Yahusha is the kingdom. Yahusha's walking with the people. 
He's showing miracles and preaching the gospel, the good news. But the Pharisees claimed that he was the son of Beelzebub, right? They were accusing our king Yahusha for disobeying the Sabbath. And so they were preventing people from receiving the gospel that was preached by our king Yahusha. So Yahusha, he preached with boldness. That's what it means to be meek. Strength and power in control. This is also what we must follow as a good example. This is why the assembly of Yahusha, we preach the truth. Even if it means by doing so, we will incur the persecution and hatred of some. We will do our best to preach gently, but we must boldly proclaim the truth of Yahuwah Abba. What also is another aspect of meekness? So we know meekness means strength under control, right? But there's another important aspect of meekness that we need, especially when we go through trials and tribulation. What is that? Well, I'm going to read the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 18, 1 to 6, Yahuwah said to me, go down to the potter's house where I will give you my message. So I went there and saw the potter working at his wheel. Whenever a piece of pottery turned out imperfect, he would take the clay and make it into something else. Then Yahuwah said to me, don't I have the right to do with you people of Israel what the potter did with the clay? You are in my hands, just like clay in the potter's hands. What also is another aspect of meekness that we need to understand. Jeremiah, one of the prophets of Yahuwah, was instructed to go to the potter's house. And when he went to the potter's house, what did he see? A potter. And he was working with the clay. What does a potter do? Well, he fashions the clay, which has no shape, and he creates a shape out of the clay. How many here have done something like that? I think maybe Sister Erin, do you, do you have clay at home? Yeah, like Play-Doh. Yeah, do you like to create shapes from Play-Doh? Yeah. What if the clay is really hard? You can't really shape it. It's kind of hard to shape. It's kind of hard to create a shape, right? Yeah. You know, the Bible says... That Israel, or the people of Elohim, are like clay in the potter's hands. The potter, in this case, is who? Yahuwah. You see, we are like clay. Who is our potter? The Father. Do you know what that means? It means Yahuwah is actively working in our life right now. See, that's how much Yahuwah loves us. Yahuwah loves us so much. He gave up his son that we can be redeemed of sin so that we can be like clay in his hands. Which means Yahuwah is not yet finished with us. Yahuwah is still working with us. This is why our king Yahusha says, my father and I, we work up until this day. They do not stop working. Ever think about what they're actually doing? This is what the father is doing. He did not simply bring us into Yahusha. No, he is, we are in his hands. And Yahuwah is shaping us because he has a vision for our life. Yahuwah loved us so much, even while we were sinners, we were called to be his sons and daughters. But Yahuwah loves us so much, he wants to shape us. He wants to make us better 
He wants that we will become the person that he wants us to be. How many here are excited about that? Can you imagine? We are in the Father's hands. At this moment, he's working with us. Well, how about if we fall into sin? Yahuwah doesn't give up. Just like the hymn that we sang, he doesn't give up on us. If we sin and we repent, we remain in his hands, and he will cause all things to work together for good. He's con continuously and constantly working in our life to shape our character. I want Yahuwah to shape me. But for Yahuwah to shape us, what will it take? What is one ingredient? You might not like what I'm going to read next. But this is the ingredient that Yahuwah uses so that the clay, which is us, can be moldable and pliable. Because what it means to be me is to be moldable, to be teachable, to be shapeable. But what is the ingredient Yahuwah uses so that we can be clay in his hands? Let's read the book of Romans 5, 3 down to 4. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help, help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And so what is the ingredient that needs to be added to the clay so it can be moldable and pliable so that Yahuwah can shape us to become the people he wants us to be? Problems and trials. When we enter the new year, 2023, how many wished and prayed to the Father, Father, Please give me more problems and trials and tribulations this year. Anyone pray that prayer? Probably not, right? What do we want? What do we pray from the Father? We ask the Father, this year, 2023, may you prosper us. Bless us with good health, right? Bless us with strength. Nothing wrong with wanting that. But if we ever prayed in the past, Father, please strengthen my character. Do you know what you're asking for? You're asking for problems and troubles because that's what Yahuwah uses to shape our character. You see, when it comes to human beings, if we want our character to grow, we have to be thrust into the furnace. We have to go through the, the, the fiery furnace of trials and testing. When you are in a good place, usually you don't grow. You become complacent, right? But when you go through a trial, you grow in character. And so what Yahuwah does, when he shapes our character, when he molds us to become the people he wants us to be, he uses problems and tribulation. You know, for some people, when they go through troubles and tribulation, they don't end up becoming better. There are some people, when they're tested and tried, they don't end up becoming more mature. Sometimes because of these problems, what happens to their faith? It becomes shattered. They lose their faith. They get sick and they pray and pray and pray, but it seems Yahuwah is not answering their prayer. And so what happens? They abandon their faith. Brothers and sisters, we're all going to go through some kind of tribulation, whether we pray for it or not. We're going to go through some kind of problem or trouble, especially as we get closer and closer to the end of the world. For example, 2023. I don't know about you. 
But when you read the news and when you examine what is happening throughout the world, it seems like we're going to brace ourselves for what's about to happen in 2023. Lots of tribulation, lots of trials. And so what do we do? We need to allow Yahuwah to use that to strengthen us and to form us, but for us to come through the fire like gold. What attitude do we need? What qualities do we need? Let's read what it says in the book of James, chapters 5 and the verses are 10 down to 11. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of Yahuwah. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how Yahuwah was kind to him at the end. For Yahuwah is full of tenderness and mercy. When we go through trials, when we go through tribulations, when our faith is tested, who among us will go through that and come out like gold? We need to have two qualities mentioned here in the book of James. What's number one? Be patient in suffering. That's one. What's another one? We have to show great endurance under suffering. Let's look at the first one. Be patient in suffering like the prophets who spoke in the name of Yahuwah. Do you know when you examine the Holy Bible? How many here know the prophets? How many here know the servants of Yahuwah from the Old Testament? How many are familiar with the Bible characters in the Old Testament? Like Abraham and Joseph and David. It's a good thing we're going to have our discipleship program. We're going to go in depth throughout the whole Bible so that the Bible can shape our character, right? You know what the servants of Yahuwah have in common? They all go through suffering. But those who succeed are the ones who were patient because Yahuwah has his own timetable and he doesn't follow our timing. This is why we have to be patient with Yahuwah's Timing. Take a look at Abraham. What did, what did Yahuwah promise Abraham? He said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. You know how long it took between the promise given and the promise fulfilled? It took about 25 years. Can you imagine waiting 25 years before the promise is actually fulfilled, going through tribulation while he waited for the promise to be fulfilled. How about Joseph? He was sold into slavery at 17, but he remained faithful to Yahuwah. You know how long he had to wait? Before he can become governor of the most powerful country during that time? About 17 years. Can you imagine waiting 17 years? Or 13 years, I should say, right? 17 to 30, yeah. 13 years. That's a long time to wait, isn't it? Right? How about David? Yahuwah appointed David to be king. You know, when he was anointed to be king of Yisrael, does it mean the following day he sat on the throne? No. He went from cave to cave to cave, running away from who? Saul, who wanted to kill him. He had to wait 13 years before he can sit as king. Of Yisrael. Patience. Let us not insist on our own time. Let us submit to the time of Yahuwah. 
Not only patience, the Bible says great endurance, who's an example of great endurance, Job. In one day, he lost it all. His children, his possessions, his health. But he was patient. And he endured great suffering. And in the end, what did Yahuwah do? Yahuwah blessed him. Brothers and sisters, we don't know what you're going through right now. Perhaps there's something that we are asking Yahuwah Abba. We're praying to Yahuwah Abba. Don't give up on your prayers. Maybe some are afflicted with some kind of sickness. And you're asking the Father, please heal me now. I can no longer take this. Be patient. Endure great suffering. Because when we endure great suffering, when we are patient with Yahuwah Abba, you know what Yahuwah was doing? He's shaping us. He's molding us. But for us to be moldable, we have to be meek. This is why we told you in the beginning, when Yahushua HaMashiach said, Blessed are the meek, because they will inherit the earth. When we are meek, we allow Yahuwah to mold us, to shape us. We need to be patient. We need to endure. Do not waste our sufferings. Allow Yahuwah to use these sufferings to strengthen our faith and our character. So who should we follow as the best example of one who was meek? Let's read what it says in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, 36 to 39. Then Yahushua went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Who is the best example of meekness? Our King Yahushua. Before he was to endure the cross. What did he do? He prayed to his father. Because of the anticipation of what was going to happen. He wanted to find comfort. That's why he invited his friends. Peter, James, and John to keep watch with him. And while he kept, they kept watch with him, what did our King Yahushua do? He went alone and prayed to his father. What does the Bible say concerning what was being experienced by our King Yahushua? The Bible says he was anguished, distressed. To the point of death, our King Yahushua knows he was going to be made sin. The sins of humanity was to be imputed in him. The horror of being separated from the father Yahuwah. That was in his mind. And it crushed him with grief to the point of death. And so he prayed to the father. And what did he say to the father? He said the prayer, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. This was the prayer of a grief-stricken and a person who is in deep anguish. Our King Yahushua was human like you and I. He felt pain. He felt suffering. He felt grief. Even more so because his heart is pure. 
he felt that. And he prayed to the Father, Father, if it's possible, may this cup of suffering pass from me. But when did he show his meekness? When after praying to the Father, may this cup of suffering pass from me. What did he say in his prayer? He said, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. You know what that's called? It's called absolute surrender. It's when we want something. But we want Yahuwah's will more than what we want personally. This was our King Yahushua. That is the essence of meekness. When we go to the Father, Father, this is what I want. But what I want more than what I want is what you want. Your will in my life. Perhaps for this year, 2023, we have many requests to the Father. It's good to pray for what we need. It's good to pray for our health, to pray for our faith. It's good to ask for the blessings of Abba. But after we offer our prayer, let us say to our Father, Yahuwah, Father, this is what I want. But more than this, what I want is your will. Because your will is perfect. We go to Yahuwah and say to him, Father, if this cup of suffering be spared from me, I will be thankful. But if not, I will be thankful nonetheless. I trust you. I surrender my will to you because your will is perfect. Shape my character. Strengthen me. Be with me. Brothers and sisters, as human beings, it's hard to endure. Yahusha himself, one who was strong, one who is king, he experienced grief to the point of death, being crushed by anguish and distress. Maybe some of us are going through that. And when we go through that, there's something we need to remember. Yes, we follow the good example of our King Yahushua. He went to Gethsemane and he prayed. We need to do the same thing. And while we pray to our Father Yahuwah, what should we also remember? Let's read the book of Psalms 32, 7 to 8, the final passage in our studies today. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyous songs of salvation. Yahuwah says, I will instruct you. I will teach you the way that you should go. I will advise you as my eyes watch over you. Brothers and sisters, are we going through some difficult time in our life? Are we enduring great suffering just like Job? Are we waiting from the Father about something that we have been praying for for a long time? If some of us are going through difficulties now, keep in mind what the psalmist said. Very beautiful. The psalmist says, I will, Yahuwah will advise us with his eyes watching over us. Keep that in mind, brethren. We're not alone. The worst thing in suffering is when you think you're alone. But the Bible says we are not who's watching over us. It is the Father. It is Yahuwah. He's watching us. He's looking at our face, looking into our hearts, into our souls. We are, after all, clay in his hands. And as he looks at each and every one of us, he knows what we're going through. 
He knows what we're thinking about. He knows the problems we deal, we deal with on a daily basis. And so, brethren, find comfort in the truth. Yahuwah, right now, is looking at you. He's looking at us. He's watching us because he wants to bless us. He wants to mold us. What then must we do? Let us go to him as our hiding place. Do you know what the purpose of a hiding place is? It's the place where we can be alone with Yahuwah. Our King Yahusha often went in solitude to be alone with our Father in heaven. This is what our King Yahusha did. This is what King David did. This is also what we must do. When we feel overwhelmed, why not make Yahuwah as our hiding place? When you go to him and make him your refuge, what shall we feel when we make Yahuwah as our hiding place in times of trouble in life? He will surround us with his presence. And when our father Yahuwah surrounds us with his presence, when we make him our hiding place, even when we go through the midst trials and tribulations, we will feel joy that we will sing songs of salvation. Brothers and sisters, this is what we need to experience because when we feel the presence of Yahuwah in us, it will give us the strength to endure, to be patient, so that Yahuwah can finish the work that he started in us, that we can become inheritors of the new heavens and the new earth. Don't give up. Go to Yahuwah and surrender to his will and let him embrace you with his loving arms. Let us stand, brethren, and we shall pray together. Everlasting Abba, most holy Yahuwah Elohim, we know from heaven you look down upon your people, not to condemn, but to help, to comfort, to strengthen. We are clay in your hands. Mold us, loving Abba. Shape us as you see fit, for we are your sons and daughters. Father, when we look at the history of our life, from the time we were very young, up until this very moment, there were events in our life that took place during those times of tribulation and trial. Perhaps some of us thought that you have abandoned us. Looking back, we now see its purpose. We know how you have always been there to mold us, to strengthen us. Everything that has happened in our life, it has a purpose. You are sovereign, loving Abba. You are in control of all things. And so we surrender to you. We surrender our will to you, Father. You are our hiding place. When we will take the time individually to call upon you in time of suffering, when we feel deep anguish and despair, when we are crushed by grief and sadness, when we are on the brink of giving up hope, when we make you our hiding place, Father, embrace us. Allow us to feel your love, that we may have a new song from our hearts. Be filled with joy once again. 
Father, you know what we have prayed for. We pray for health. We pray for your blessings upon our life. We pray for our faith. We pray for the people we love, our sons and daughters, our parents. Father, you know the contents of our hearts. You know our supplications. Father, if it's not against your will, may you bestow this upon your people. But we express to you now, not our will be done. Your will be done, loving Abba. We will surrender to what you want. We only ask you, give us enough strength. Give us enough endurance. Comfort us, O oh loving Father, that we will be able to make it until the end. For you are tender and merciful upon us. Our King Yahushua, we will follow your good example. How we wish we can be spared of suffering, but we know your purpose in it. When we go through suffering, when we go through trials, walk with us. We will listen to your voice. Help us to find you. Take our hand. You are meek. You teach us constantly. May we learn from you that we can become like you in our journey. Thank you so much for being with your servants today. May you continue to heal your servants. Continue to provide for our needs. Bless our loved ones, our parents, our children, our relatives. When you return to earth, when we see you in the skies, Amidst the clouds, call our name. Bring us on to yourself. Oh, loving King, we wait for your return. We gaze our eyes upon you, the perfecter of our faith. Father, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for blessing all of us. We ask and beg all things in the name of our Lord. And our Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.